0: A ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Well, everybody knows your name. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood, and I am the Lackadaisical LibroCubriculus. This show is like a, uh, you could say, a journal of all the media I have consumed over the past little while. Very little, if we're talking sort of geological time, it is but a speck. Uh, I don't know why I said that. Uh, If you have not consumed some of the same media, things potentially have the possibility maybe kind of sorta of being spoiled. So I warn of that possibility in a sort of spoiler warning. Hmm. Yes. Indeed. I will now push a button that will set off a timer that is a series of five five five-minute segments like this. Ladies and gentlemen. Let's get ready to rough you some things. today's movie monologue sponsor is non-evil ai incorporated thank you for that sponsorship movie the first the party from 2017 and i throw in the year there because i do believe there's quite a few movies called the party Uh, i think there's one with the what's the guy's name from pink panther and that movie if i do recall Uh, Which I do believe I actually reviewed on this podcast years ago. Years ago. Yeah, when when did I start this? October 2012 is when I started this. Anyways. Uh, that movie I remember being good and funny. This movie was f- not definitely not funny, but it wasn't supposed to be. Uh, Janet hosts a party to celebrate her new promotion, but once the guests arrive, it becomes clear that not everything is going to go down as smoothly as the red wine. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, I, I, I don't really know what I was expecting, but... Uh, just sort of people at a party where shit goes awry, uh, but not in a, a funny way, just more in a, in a, a dramatic sort of, uh, in, in not even a dramatic way as in like your friends having drama, like, like that sort of way, like things get uncovered. Uh, people in tense situations, and, and it is a sort of very tense movie in that regard, especially if, if you have any sort of social anxiety. Uh, this is probably how you picture most parties will go, and probably why you don't go to them. Uh, Rating-wise, you know what? Uh, I think I can go with 3, maybe. If you're unfamiliar with my rating system, 3 is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. Uh, or at the very least had enjoyment while watching and there was per- periods of enjoyment uh, yeah, it made me feel things let's, let's put it it that way excuse me okay moving on to movie the second suicide squad: colon, hell to pay. <laughs> Task Force X targets a powerful, mystical object that they will risk their lives to steal. Oh yeah. Uh, So it was like this weird card. Uh, Literally, I guess how you would describe it, and I think how they describe it in the movie now that I think about it, is Get Out of Hell Free card. Uh, So if you have this card on your person and then are killed and sent to hell, you just like go, alright, Satan, I guess. Uh, here's the cards. Uh, send me back to earth. Thank you, or or send me to heaven. I I, I guess back to earth, back to earth. So uh, everyone wants it. And there's uh crosses, double crosses. You got to assume with bad guys who are forced to do good. There's going to be some evil. Uh, it was uh interesting. Uh, interesting idea. You got your Harley Quinn in there. Which uh, which is nice was it voiced by oh yeah Kristen Slater voiced a Deadshot Vanessa Williams Amanda Walker oh yeah uh, Tara Strong yeah Tara Strong did voice Harley Quinn which is the quintessential <laughs> quintessential. That's a joke I didn't mean to make. Uh, Harley Quinn, I actually uh, got to meet Tara Strong, get her autograph. If you were to Google Nerd Kane Adventures, you would see just what I mean. Huh, self-plug there. Uh, Reading-wise, I, I think I can go a four. Yeah, I I, I enjoyed... Uh, if, if you listen to, I think it was last week, I watched uh, Batman Ninja and gave that a five out of five. I would definitely pick that one over this one, but uh, still some enjoyment... In the realm of uh, animated superhero movies, let's say. Okay, uh, next is Smiley Face from 2007. Uh, this stars Anna Ferris. I heard uh, her talking about it on her podcast. Well, someone else brought it up. Uh, she's not like talking about her old movies. Uh, so, I, I, geez, who was it? I think it was Burt Kreischer. Yeah, Burt Kreischer brought it up. Uh, and his love of it, and they and they spoke about it a little bit, and it sounded really weird. And I can verify it is really weird. Uh, after a young actress unknowingly eats her roommate's marijuana cupcakes, her day becomes a series of misadventures. Yeah, basically, she is just high, AF, as the kids say, uh, and and getting into hijinks and such. Uh, I had laughs. I, I will verify. Uh, rating wise, I, I think I go a, a solid three. Yeah, whereas the the first movie, The Party, was barely a three, this is a solid three. So there you go, smiley face. Uh, Next is Singularity from 2017. Oh god, the summary is long. You have to click, whenever you have to click the summary in IMDb, you know it's going to be a long one. Uh, Let's... uh, Ah, what the hell. It's uh, I'll, I'll give you a little behind-the-scenes action, as I like to do from time to time. I got up early even more than normal, uh, about 5, uh, 5.30, somewhere in that neighborhood, uh, on a Sunday, as I like to do. I like to start my Sundays goddamn friggin' early, early, because then you got the the whole day to to while away, uh, and I find a Sunday with uh, extra just sitting around doing nothing, uh, eases yourself into the week better. Like, like like an old man getting into a tub, as uh, someone once said. Uh, so let's read the whole thing is what I'm saying. <laughs> in 2020 <clears throat> in 2020, uh, Elias Van Dorn, played by John Cusack, CEO of VA Industries, the world's largest robotics company, introduces his most powerful invention. Chronos that's with a K I might add a super computer designed to end all wars. When Chronos goes online, it quickly determines that mankind itself is the biggest threat to the world's threat to world peace and launches a worldwide robot attack to rid the world of the infection quote unquote of man. 97 years later, <laughs> The fuck? A small band of humans remain alive, but on the run from the robot army. A teenage boy, Andrew, played by Julian Schaffner, and a teenage girl, Kalia, played by Jenny (laughs) Wacker, form an unlikely alliance to reach a new world where it is rumored mankind exists without fear of robot persecution, but... But does this world actually exist? And will they live long enough to find out? Oh my god. Yeah. <clears throat> this this movie was bad. And pretty much bad. Just bad bad. Not not fun bad. Not so good. Not so bad as good. It, it was pretty much just bad. Uh, I like John Cusack. I like uh, science fiction. There was things about this that uh, I thought would mean this was a good movie. Maybe... Why, why did I watch this? Uh, I feel like there, there was a reason. Like, did I hear about it on a podcast? Was this on How Did This Get Made? Uh, I feel like it could easily be on that. Very, very simply. Uh, the the sort of lore is deep and, and hard to penetrate. And they throw it at you at the beginning. Like, like the reason that uh, description is so long is because it needs to be. Because they're throwing a lot of shit at you. Jeez. Uh, uh, this... F- like, I feel in a good mood now after reading that ridiculous uh, um, ca- encapsulation <clears throat> Excuse me, of the movie. But uh, even still, uh, I think i got to give it like a 1 or a 2. Yeah, the rating for this movie is a 1 or a 2. Okay, uh, last movie is called Mean Time from 1983. Uh, I forget where I heard about this one as well, but it was like one of those movies I heard about. Uh, people talking about almost certainly on a podcast uh, and then sort of searched out um when one brother gets a job from their wealthy aunt the other becomes increasingly jealous yeah uh, i don't know it's, it's uh, hmm. okay uh yeah that's that's that one not even giving it a rating what do you think of that Today's Television Talk sponsor is The Banana Stand. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, I watched season five of Arrested Development. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Only eight episodes, but I feel like after last season, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but uh, is it possible that these were better than the last season? I I, I kind of feel like it was. Uh, last season they did, I think, like your more, quote-unquote, normal 20-plus episodes. And uh, although I had enjoyment while watching them, uh, it uh, one thing I do, like, actually remember is not laughing very often over the course of those 20-odd episodes. Like, I almost feel like uh, a, a good way to think about it is I probably had the same amount of laughs in these 8 episodes as I did in those 20 episodes. Uh, just because they are more able slash forced to fit more in less episodes, right? Uh, you, you gotta assume that the writers uh, are gonna have an easier time of it. Just <laughs> less is easier. Uh, for the most part, that's a sort of good life rule, less is easier <laughs> that sort of goes hand in hand uh, with the, the, the message I like to throw at the kids to, to the kids out there listening in, in podcast land if work is hard, don't do it uh, anyways, I should be a motivational speaker. So, uh, the fifth season of the television comedy Arrested Development, uh, so uh, it was from March 2018. One sort of thing, I'm curious of this, did and uh, or did slash will Jeffrey Tambor, should they make any more seasons? Will he be back? I am curious. Uh, and there was, uh, I don't know if there was outright talk, but I did hear a few rumors that there was at least the potential that they wouldn't uh, put this season out because of his uh, sort of me too involvement and uh, harassment uh, allegations and what have you. Uh, so so that's curious. And uh, he was very very light in this season. Um, so is it potential that he was just light in this season or that he had a a, a larger role uh, that they ended up cutting a lot back? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Okay, so... uh, uh, Michael Bluth is back once again. (laughs) He's actually living uh, sort of a a good life, seemingly, for a change. Son's family. Uh, (laughs) One thing, just a a very good uh, sort of encapsulation of his feelings for his family, is uh, he's working at uh, Google. We'll, We'll just call it Google. And they are offering uh, a family self defense course <laughs> yeah, this one was yeah i've got to get a laugh so uh so so google employees have access to family self defense courses which oh yeah that's that's pretty good you uh, you know you take your family and then you know as a family you learn uh, some self defense right right sounds good now the way he uh, assumed the classes were being taught was self defense from your family <laughs> Uh so that that was pretty funny. Uh he has a similar relationship that I do with my family and that's <laughs> Oh man, that's a horrible thing to say. I've just realized. Uh, uh yeah, um, let's just say th- there's some similarities that I notice uh, between his family and mine and you know, I'd, I'll I'll leave it at that. Uh okay, so what else do we have? Uh a lot of um uh, maybe And uh, Michael Sarah's character, George Michael, uh, they got some cool scenes. She, you know what, she does something that I've thought of in real life. Uh, She moves into like a uh, retirement village, not an old folks home, just a place where a bunch of old people sort of live. Uh, I, I believe the technical term I have heard is retirement village uh, Where sort of their needs are taken care of they're, they're, They they live in homes still But uh, they have help, I guess you would say And I always thought, uh, man, you know what I'm uh, 37 years old, why can't I get into one of these places Seems seems pretty, pretty good I, I'm sure I'm not the only uh, not elderly person Who's thought, oh yeah, one of these places Seems like it'd be a pretty sweet place to set up. Anyways, uh, I didn't really, <laughs> I've just realized and this is not unusual for the podcast uh, I didn't really talk much about the actual season itself you know, that's uh, what happens sometimes. Rating-wise I'll go a solid 4 out of 5 for season 5 of Arrested Ed's Development. book banter sponsor is Sorian Brandy thank you for that sponsorship okay I started a new uh, series I'll put series in quotes because it's uh, a series of books that take place in the same universe but uh, they're, they're not necessarily sort of uh, following the same story in fact they they are not they're sort of separate stories within that have a loose connection let me explain god give me a second uh, the series is called, uh, Star Trek Section 31. Oh. Uh, book, the first, is titled Cloak. It is written by S.D. Perry. And is from, uh, why don't I give a year if I can find it in a second? I know it's here. 2001. From 2001. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, If you're unfamiliar with uh, one of the the sort of Star Trek lores, which I do believe was created on the television show Deep Space Nine, unless it existed before that in uh, book form, which I don't think it did, but maybe it did. Uh, You know, I could have done math there. Uh, This came out in 2001. Uh, When was Section 31 introduced in Deep Space Nine? Was it before that? Right around that? I don't know. Good question. Mental note. Look into it. Uh, So section thirty one is like an underground espionage uh, sort of not talked about in the shadows uh, section of the uh, uh, unsanctioned. Yeah, should definitely uh, should definitely underline unsanctioned uh, covert. I'm using lots of words here... ...a section of the Federation... Uh, ...of Starfleet, specifically, I should say. Sorry. Uh, so, in the Star Trek universe... ...almost all races... ...I, I don't think the Klingons do... ...but, like, the Cardassians do for sure. Uh, there's the tel of the Romulans. Um, most races have sort of... Uh, ...spy people... Like, ...like, spy parts of their government... ...espionage and such. Uh, the Federation, of course we're you know i say we because i'm human and uh, if i lived in this fictional universe i would likely be a member i assume uh we don't need that sort of thing uh we're you know high and mighty and uh, uh, our morals mean uh, an organization such as this are wrong but but uh it exists sort of in the shadows um the the high ups within don't sort of recognize it They sort of just uh, ignore it, sweep it under the table, uh, while it sort of works for the quote-unquote betterment of uh, the Federation, um, using methods that uh, are often very shady, let's say. Uh, Okay, so let me uh, read from the first one. Oh, uh, one of the cool things, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit into the second book. So the first book takes place aboard the Enterprise with Captain Kirk. Uh, the second book takes place aboard the Enterprise with Captain Picard uh, and then we go to ds9 and Voyager so uh, very cool that we're having uh, one book within each of the television shows uh, very very cool idea and I gotta say <coughs> they're not all by the same author I don't think they're all SD Perry let me just click on that uh, yeah no so they're they're not all by the same author but so far from the first two books, these authors know they're friggin' Star Trek, man. Like, they're pulling shit up from from uh, deep episodes and uh, tying movies together and, and jumping to things that are barely mentioned in, in the television show and movies. It's really impressive, uh, some of the things that they pulled out. Uh, if you are at all like me and know sort of really deep lore of Star Trek... Uh, this being my my favorite fandom I guess you would say uh, is, is is Star Trek so it, it does a lot of fan service uh, okay uh, let me read the the goodreads because it will uh, give us a good idea what this first book is about cloak uh, they are the self-appointed protectors of the Federation amoral shrouded in secrecy answerable to no one section 31 is the mysterious. Co- is the mysterious covert operations division of Starfleet, a rogue shadow group committed to safeguarding the Federation at any cost. Once, in order to preserve the galaxy's fragile balance of power, Captain James T. Kirk carried out a dangerous mission to capture a cloaking device from the Romulan Star Empire. Which uh, was an actual episode... You may recall Spock and the Romulan commander girl, you know, getting a little intimate. Mm -hmm. She's actually in this book uh, a little bit. Uh, Anyways, uh, months later, while investigating a mysterious disaster aboard a Federation starship, Kirk discovers that the same technology he obtained for the sake of peace is being put to sinister purposes. With the crew of the Starship Enterprise, TM, (laughs) trademark uh anyways that's weird uh uncovers will send shockwaves through the quadrant as section 31 sets in motion a plan that could bring the major powers of the galaxy to their knees no law no conscience no stopping them yeah pretty cool right uh and i will verify Very cool book. Uh, I think I'm going to give it like a 5 out of 5. I I flew through this book. It's only a hundred and some odd pages. Uh, But even then, I I found uh, I couldn't put it down. I I was very sort of pulled into this thing. And uh, uh, thank you, S.D. Perry. I I believe I recognize that uh, author's name. Uh, I I think I've read some of her her, uh, other stuff. Uh, Yeah, so if you like Star Trek... And you like books, this is one of those. Both of those, actually. Game Gavin. Today's Game Gavin sponsor is Sumerian Wheel of Pain Repair. Thank you. For your sponsorship. Okay, uh, game the first. Yes, I brought back two today. Uh, actually, let me start with the second one. We'll do the second one first and the first one second. Hey, why not? Uh, the first one is called Fishing Planet. Uh, yeah, uh, start on uh, the note of Fishing Planet. I'm uh, probably going to have quite a few games, uh, maybe even some double game gabbing segments uh, in the next little while as I do some uh, Steam Summer Sale cleanup. And uh, to be 100% honest with you, I'm cleaning up games from, I think, last Steam Summer Sale uh, or Winter Sale uh, to, to sort of make way. Because I, I don't want to be sales behind. That's That's ridiculous. So I'm sort of uh, uh, working through some games that I didn't and have not touched kind of a thing. Which uh, has been fun so far, i got to say. Okay, so this is a fishing game. Uh, I did have a fishing game. I don't know if I had it or borrowed it or rented it back in the Super Nintendo days, I guess it probably was. That uh, I very much enjoyed. But hadn't really played much in the way of fishing games since. And uh, yeah, this one was okay and I could see potential, but uh, my, my number one mark against it is uh, you got to pay actual real money to play. Basically it's, it's one of those pay to play games. So like uh, if I want a new rod, I got to b- b- have a micro transaction and, and get a new rod. If, if I want to unlock a new lure, same. If I want to fish from a different spot. but and, and I feel like this is the type of game that in order to have its full potential of quote unquote fishing fun. I'm not quoting anyone. I don't know why I did that. Um, you're going to have to pay uh, microtransactions. And it's going to be a big mess. So what I want. Uh, and I can attempt. Although I almost always fail. To get audience participation. Is there just like a fun. Relaxing fishing game out there. Just like you know you're watching a movie. You're, you're playing this in the background. You're, you're doing some, some, some dumb. Video game style fishing. Does, does something like that exist out there my other thought is maybe uh i get uh, a vr fishing game i bet you one of those exists oh yeah i should look into that because uh i bet you that would be just sort of relaxing going out maybe you're in a boat in a lake fishing and then uh, i could not deal with like the worms and the the heat and the mosquitoes and the potential for falling in the water and almost drowning and dying. And then uh, an alligator gets you. Oh, you know what? That reminds me. Yesterday I downloaded a movie, uh, Lake Placid versus Anaconda. <laughs> so th- that might be in a movie monologue one day. Uh, and anyways, Fishing Planets... Potent- okay, let's do this convoluted rating that I like to do from time to time. Convoluted rating, that is. Uh, if you're a millionaire and money is no object, uh, Fishing Planet gets a high mark. If you are a normal individual like myself, it gets a 1 out of 5. Okay, moving on to Conan Exiles. Uh, yeah, so kept seeing uh, people play this online and it looked a little bit like uh, sort of Rust. And if you are a long-time listener of this podcast, you'll know I have many, many times looked for Rust-like games uh, and been disappointed for the most part. Uh, Every once in a while, uh, a gem will pop through, and I think this might be one of them. Uh, I have stopped playing to do the cleanup, but I think I'll come back to it. Um, Basically, you uh, exist in the world of Conan the Barbarian. Uh, and you're sort of building stuff, you're, you're killing things, animals, as well as people, uh, and you're trying to build your base so you're safe, and then you can, like, get people and, and turn them into your slaves so they work for you. Uh, also there's boobs and dicks, if, if that's the sort of thing that you enjoy. <laughs> Which who doesn't, really? Uh, yeah, uh, rating-wise... Oof. You know what, I, I, it, it's hard because I, I haven't given it its full potential yet. Uh, so right now I think I'll just sit at a 3 and change, nearing a 4. Uh, with the potential for a higher grade when I go back in and sort of give it a little more time. But uh, so far it seemed fun. Uh, I, I don't know if I would play it as much as I did play Rust. Uh, but um, it, it's definitely comparable too. So uh, I think there's definite potential there. And uh, you know what? There we go. i like turtles today's internet intercourse sponsor is robo gyroscopic gynoscope gynoscope oh boy okay thank you for that sponsorship you freak what i decided to do is throw at you a bunch of ted talk titles ted talk titles ted talk titles it's fun to say say it to yourself uh, yeah, so uh, every once in a while, I'll throw at you some TED Talks that I watched that were interesting. Um, I feel like I haven't done it in a while, and it's not like I haven't been watching them. It's just like I feel like none of them have sort of grabbed me lately. Uh, but then, all of a sudden, in one week, I had like five that were like first of all for me it's always and this is what you shouldn't do with books judge them by their cover and you probably shouldn't judge TED Talks by their titles but I do and I can't help myself so uh, I had a bunch of titles anyways that uh, sounded interesting so I watched them all and I I gotta say uh, just about all of these very very cool Uh, and and it all sort of in the, in the space of one week, they all just sort of flew at me. So kind of, kind of interesting. And then I thought I would do an internet intercourse, uh, devoted entirely to these Ted talk titles, Ted talk titles, Ted talk titles, Ted talk title, the first, the incredible potential of flexible, soft robots with Giada Gerboni. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah was this the girl with the there was one girl i think it was this girl who had a very strong accent but uh she she was really good the despite that yeah sure uh you may have seen some of these there was one in particular i've seen uh so these these are robots that are not hard shelled basically so they're they're not metal they're more rubber with uh moving parts uh many comparisons made to octopus, or octopi, or octopuses, depending on which one is right. There, you have all of them. So pick pick the right one there. Uh, because they are able to do incredible things, get into different spaces, uh, whereas a, a hard-shelled when we typically think of a robot be it's uh, anthropomorphic or other animal uh, are just not able to do one one cool one it's basically it is just shaped like the letter X is, is how you would look at it uh, and it sort of flexes and and moves and can flatten itself and do like a little wave wiggle it's, it's kind of creepy actually and and some of the octopus ones that are that they're developing the very very strange. But uh, I think that's the cool thing about these, is that it's people have realized, and, and this has happened a lot, I have found, uh, that to have success when building things, uh, don't necessarily stick with um, what you think it should be. Like, when you say, oh, oh, here's a robot, probably, like myself, the first thing that pops in your mind is just, like, a human-looking robot. But uh, if you could build anything, why not do so and have it not fit normal parameters just for the reason that that's what you initially picture, especially when it can do more. Uh, so, so very, very cool. This one, uh, 4 billion next Ted talk title, 4 billion years of evolution in six minutes with Prostana. Ch- oh yeah. There were some names in this one that I might have a little difficulty with, uh, Chakrabarti. Uh, yeah, so uh, he, the, the the main takeaway from this one I remember is that we're all fish. Uh, <laughs> so you know what? I, I'm going to skip that one just with the knowledge that we are all fish and you can watch that one. Oh, that's a good tease, actually. Me saying that sentence means you're probably going to want to go watch that and see what I say. What I mean when I say we are all fish. Uh, next one is how I'm bringing queer pride to my rural, rural village. Uh, with Kurt Lego Corlianian Wow. <laughs> uh, I really butchered that name. I am fairly certain. Let's Kart Lego Corlianian She was from um, was it Nigeria, I do believe. Which uh, is sort of fascinating because you often don't think. Uh, of, of of people from rural African uh, places as being uh, LGBT. Uh, so it was fascinating to sort of get that perspective, what growing up in that sort of area um, being uh, LGBT would be like. So uh, any, any time I find where you can get a different perspective, uh, why not take advantage of it? Because it's just going to make... Uh, living in this world better just period full stop and we're out of time so uh, let me do the other ones quick Uh, what we'll learn about the brain in the next century oh yeah Uh, uh, there's been other TED talks like this where they'll run through like years they'll say okay in this year we should have this done by now and this year this will be happening and this year this will be happening Uh, I I don't know how accurate some of these things are but uh, this one dealing specifically with brain stuff Interesting. Uh, that one is with Sam Rodriguez. C- Rodriguez? R- no, but it's a Q. Rodriguez. Hmm. Uh, and lastly, uh, this, Discoveries Awaiting Us in the Ocean's Twilight Zone with Heidi M. Susick. Uh Yeah. Uh, some friggin' cool shit down there, man. And a lot of it we haven't even seen yet. Uh, I think of uh, nature doc excuse me of nature docks like your planet earths or anything like that any ones that go down to this level and sort of show us what's going on are usually among my favorites so uh, a good ted talk title for that purpose folks uh we did it a bit of a longer episode because you know i got up early so we had time that's how that works i will say as i do it's nice to be nice to the nice